You're listening to the Peak Annual Wellness Podcast with Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. Thank you for joining us today on the Peak Annual Wellness Center podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm here with Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. And we're joined today by Liz Craven, the co-owner of ProAd Media, which publishes the Polk Elder Care Guide out of Lakeland, Florida. Thank you for joining us today, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, kind of your origin story, where where you're coming from, and how did the Elder Care Guide come to be? Okay. Well, I am a Florida State Seminole who studied uh, retail management of all things. How did I end up in publishing? Um, And there's really a great story behind that because um, after graduating from Florida State and going to work in corporate America, I I met my husband, Wes. And we, we both were in the retail environment and met and got married and decided very quickly that was not how we were going to live our married life together working in retail. So we moved to Lakeland um, in order to be close to his family. His grandmother, sweet lady, her name was Mabel, she had Alzheimer's. And um, her journey through Alzheimer's was hard for the whole family. Um, It wasn't a time when you could just hop on the computer and find Google um, answers to everything that you wanted to have, that you had a question about. It was resources were something you had to really seek out. And so um, at some point, Mabel fell. She ended up in the hospital, needed to go to rehab after her release. And so the folks at the hospital gave the family um, a list of phone numbers. And that was all we had to go on to figure out where would be the best place for Mabel to go through rehab um, from her broken hip. And so through that experience, it was tough. My husband's mother was uh, working full-time as a teacher at the time. We were 20-somethings who had no idea where to turn. And so knocking on doors and hitting the library and calling anyone who would answer Um, is how we did our research. And it became quite a passion for Wes, who wanted to make sure that his grandmother was well cared for. So, you know, in the end, we found great care for her. And um, the rest of that journey, you know, that's another story in itself, because Alzheimer's is can be quite a devastating disease. But um, through that experience, we recognized that if we needed this information, other people did too. And we decided to do something about that. And Wes, I have to give credit where credit is due because this was his brainstorm. And it was his idea to make sure um, that we could help and provide some access to information and some help to people who were in crisis, families that didn't know where to turn. And so he continued his research and we put it together in a book format and asked this community for its support. And here we are 25 years later um, with Polk Elder Care Guide still being the cornerstone of resource that is used for the senior population here in Polk County. Thank you. That's really awesome. Um, So it really came out of a personal need and something that was very, very close to home. Um, tell us how, so, so when, uh, so it started and then how many years exactly has it been now? It's been 25 years. 25 years with the Elder Care Guide. It actually started as a publication called The Florida Senior and it was okay. more um, more of a general interest type publication. Mm-hmm. We knew we wanted to serve seniors. We, we were putting the information out there in article format thinking we could educate people that way. Well, as we went further on down the road, it didn't take very long at all before our clients were saying, no, we need something that's more specific. Mm. We need need a resource. We need to be able to teach people, to talk to people, to let people know where to find things. And so through feedback from our clients, we went ahead and said, yeah, let's, let's just put it together that way. And so more research and more writing and and planning and this came along. So I want to say that this specific piece is probably 23, 22 or 23 years that you we've know, been doing that. One of the things I love about your guide 
in addition to having everything listed and organized and easy to find and easy to use, it has like a series of checklists mm -hmm. that you can go through that sometimes that can guide you to make good decisions or know where to look or give you additional information in that way. Yes, thank you for bringing that up because that is what makes the Elder Care Guide the useful resource that it is. Um, there are a few things that are really important to us that will never change in this guide. Number one, we're going to educate people. And you'll find that it's a color-coded directory, and each section, for example, the assisted living section, it starts with education. Someone can go through there. They'll understand what assisted living means by the time they read through those few pages. After they read about it, we're going to tell them what's available. So we have a complete directory, regardless of whether or not organizations advertise with us, they're listed in there. We want you to know every assisted living facility or community available to you locally. And so we provide that information and the phone numbers. And then after that, we want you to make an educated choice. And so we provide checklists with, it's two pages of questions, including how much is this gonna cost me? And you know, um, how is the food? And, and what do I see when I walk through the building? Are the residents engaged? Um, things to look for, because when you're in that situation, trying to make that choice, it's very difficult to remember all of those bits, all of those little pieces to check on. And so by providing it in a checklist format, it allows someone to walk through there. They can preview it, highlight the questions that they really need answered, and use that as a guide as they tour different communities. Um, the checklist itself gives them the opportunity to um, compare three different choices. So by the end, they should be able to make a very educated choice, and we have checklists like that also for the nursing home section and the home care section. And, and I can tell you as a physician, I've been in the community almost four years now and started working you know, with the hospitals. For me to learn what was available in Lakeland, all I had to do was pick up your guide and look through it, and I knew everything that was out there, which for me was a huge, huge help. And mm -hmm. I can see how it would help anybody, whether it's a patient or a family member or a caregiver, uh, at least have choices and make an informed decision, which is which is Thank really, you. really great. We're hitting the mark then. That's exactly the, what we intended. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you've got different, uh, uh, so many different resources here in the guide. How often do you find yourself adding to or changing out or find, you know, discovering new things uh, like Peak Annual Wellness Center or, mm -hmm. you know, there's probably others that we don't even know about, you know, here in uh, not just Lakeland, but in Polk County. Mm -hmm. um, how, what, what's the likelihood that you'll find that or what's the frequency uh, that they're going to enter into the Polk Elder Care Guide uh, family. It's very frequent. Um, we are an annual publication, so we do review annually all of the information, every phone number, every website um, that's in there. We, we click on it and we call it every year to make sure that we're providing good current information. But even a year down the road, you'll see lots of items coming in and out. You'll have new organizations appear. You'll have other organizations maybe change hands. Um, you'll have some companies that home care is a great example. Boy, we see a lot of those come and go. There are those few standard, but there are a lot of companies that, that come and go. And so we make sure we update that on a regular basis. The community resources are something that um, we're still discovering. It is probably by far the the most difficult task we have is identifying resources that are available for people. Um, some of that is because those who know of them want to hold them dear so that when they need to refer to those resources that they're available because um, nonprofits can become very overwhelmed by the demand that they're faced with locally. And, you know, that can be an issue. Um, but we, we have a lot of really incredible people in this community who are addressing that issue and working on that. We've got some very exciting things coming here in the Polk County area um, in that respect. And do you find that the providers kind of use your guide to find out about each other and, and use, use that to pull in the proper resources when they need it? They do. They do, and you know. But again, what we find is those that are widely known and kind of the mainstays in the community, 
they refer to each other on a regular basis and have a really fantastic network um, of, of people who communicate and refer to one another and try to help one another whenever they can. Um, but there are a lot of resources, I believe, that are being underutilized. Um, I believe that there is probably a lot of repetition happening between organizations because of um, a lack of understanding of who's using what services. Um, for example, you might have um, one person who needs a ride to the doctor's office, and so they call. They might call Visti, um, who provides transportation and schedule with them, and they might call Elder Point Ministries, who also provides transportation and schedule with them. Then they might call the handy bus and make an appointment with everybody just to make sure somebody shows up. So with a lack of communication, you might have three potential rides and only one person's getting a ride because all three people show up to the same place to pick up the same person because that person was afraid of missing their doctor's appointment. So some, you know, we, again, we, there is a lot of networking happening, but we see some opportunity um, to really assist these nonprofits in communicating better with one another to make sure that situations like that don't happen. Yeah. And it almost seems like you know, knowing about each other is the first step, which is what your guide uh, helps us with. And then actually meeting each other and, and mm -hmm. talking with each other and finding out what exactly uh, people do and then having those relationships so you can call people in um, when, when you need to. And you've kind of alluded to other community resources that we have in Lakeland. And I wonder whether we're unique in having organizations like Better Living for Seniors, which kind of brings us all together and and, and it, it, their, their main purpose is to um, just facilitate um, the care of, of seniors in our community and, and to help with the networking and, and information. Right. And, you know, as you, as you look at this community and other communities around the country, um, what do you see as us having, I mean, we have a unique um, a set of elements here. We have your uh, publications. We have our Better Living for Seniors. Mm -hmm. Do you think we have more or less than other, other places, and do we need more, and, and how does all that work together? I don't necessarily think that we have more. I think that we have more plugged in um, community here. We have, I, I hear often from friends over in the Tampa Bay area, for example, um, they have great resources, but it's also a very competitive environment. So they might not share with one another as much as people will share with one another here. It's a different kind of community, and that's because of local business leaders who've stepped up and said, I want to make sure that my community is taken care of. And one example that I can think of that, that comes to mind first is Senior Helpers. They are a home health agency. Um, George Geraldo is the owner. And he, uh, every other year, brings in Tipa Snow, who is a renowned expert on uh, Alzheimer's and dementia care. And she comes in and does a day-long seminar and, and teaches caregivers. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. But he, he's very passionate about educating people. And so the first year that he brings this lady in, it's going to be a big deal and a big event. And his direct competitor, probably biggest competitor, um, Comfort Keepers, Tracy Kelly is the owner there, um, comes to him and says, I believe in this too. I would like to be um, one of the headlining sponsors. Now, a lot of businesses would say, sorry, reserving that space for me. Well, no, George didn't. He invited all of his competitors. Anyone in the community who wants to be a part of this, let's, let's do this because it's important for our community. That is the difference in our community here and many other community communities that are in uh, larger metropolitan areas that tend to be a little more segregated because they're so large. Um, here, our county is pretty small, and most of the organizations that serve Lakeland are also going to serve Winter Haven. And so we're real careful to call ourselves a county resource because I know that I serve the entirety of Polk County, and even organizations that might be based here, whether they be for-profit or, or not-for-profit, the majority of us are looking at the county as a whole when we're thinking about what's good for our community. And, you know, one of, one of, the, one of the elements that was so impressive to me is I got to know the people in this community, especially um, the people who are helping to take care of our seniors, is they're so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. and and. 
they care so much about their clients or their customers or their patients or their 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 you know fellow citizens. It's just really heartening mm -hmm. to see how much they care. Um, you know, when you're in a hospital environment as a physician, you sometimes have to, you know, not be not get involved as much because you have all a lot of patients. And what's what's fun to see is is how much people when I talk to people about their clients and about who they're helping, their eyes just light up, and you can just see they love it and mm -hmm. they're passionate about it. And, you know, in a small community like this, we're kind of a smallish, biggish community. We're kind of in between, but it's, it's, we have that hometown feel. We do. We do. And that's probably what draws me most to what I'm doing right now. You know, there, I could go in any number of directions with a publishing company. We, you know, did lots of other magazines that uh, for a long time, Woman to Woman magazine was, was my baby. Um, but the thing that kept drawing me back to the work I was doing with the Elder Care Guide was the people. They're special people who commit themselves. They commit their personal time. They commit their personal resources. Businesses stand up and say, you know, we're willing to commit our manpower. And, you know, how can we sponsor you? How can we support you? And it's really incredible to see what happens when you say there's a need. Everybody stands up and says, what can we do? We're here at the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we're, they've been so gracious to let us uh, record in their briefing room. <laughs> um, usually we're at the peak headquarters uh, recording, uh, but how has the chamber and being a part of the chamber and the different uh, you know, aspects of that community helped uh, the elder care guide and pro ad media. Sure, you know it's people. Most people would say, "Well, what on earth would seniors have to do with a chamber of commerce?" And uh, the bottom line is that anytime you have the opportunity to network with a couple thousand people, you take that. And it's all about education. It's all about talking to people and informing them because even though seniors might not be involved on a day-to-day -day basis in the business world, the economic impact that they have is, is incredible. Um, especially here in Florida, you know, our retirees are here, our snowbirds come in and, and bring a lot of money with them. The Tigers, you know, it's, if you go to a Tigers spring training game, you're primarily going to find senior citizens there enjoying the game. I just have to interject that mm -hmm. I'm from Philadelphia and since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, <laughs> I now expect the Detroit um, Tigers to win the World Series this year. Let's do it. <laughs> and I appreciate that because I grew up in Detroit. So <laughs> fantastic. Well, I was born in Michigan, so here we go. <laughs> See, we, we can all get along. Yeah. <laughs> but it is incredible. It's, you know, the economic impact is big. And um, the executive director of the chamber, um, Corey, is just fantastic. And, you know, I can say, um, Every single time that I've brought an issue forward and said, hey, you know, I, I really want you to meet somebody. I want you to meet this person or that person to talk about some issues as it relates to seniors. The answer is always absolutely. And so though the Chamber of Commerce wouldn't seem to be on the surface a, a partner that you would really rely on as it relates to seniors, they really are because it gives you access to everybody in the community. And that's really important. You know, it, it was funny, Liz, we were talking just a little bit before uh, the recording about how it's just nuts when we see, um, you know, so many uh, like droves of people, you know, going into, um, you know, like Wendy's, for example. That's mm -hmm. probably the, the easiest uh, example I can think of. You know, I see all these seniors just, you know, pouring into Wendy's and it's like we know that that's not exactly the best decision for their health. Why is that, you know, coming from a marketer's and an advertiser's mm -hmm. standpoint, and what can they do to better educate themselves and to also, you know, partner with better choices? Well, seniors go to Wendy's because Wendy's does a phenomenal job of marketing to seniors. They have programs for them there that are very friendly and easy and generous and so a senior can walk into Wendy's and the person behind the counter is probably going to know them by name if they've come more than a couple of times. They're also going to offer every senior a free drink. So you're on a limited budget, they have a dollar menu and you can get a cheeseburger and a small fry and a drink for two dollars. 
tell me what senior is not going to go in there, right? So it it becomes also a very social place where, you know, you see certain people, certain couples are going to eat there every day for lunch. And so they go in and they have their social time. The staff is very friendly with them. They also will reach out to seniors where they live instead of just, you know, a regular ad. They know how to reach these seniors and they know how to let them know this is a place you want to be. We may need to reach out to Wendy's to get some sponsorship money next time because that was a great sure. ad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and it, and that's the case, honestly. If you're looking to attract seniors, think about it. Seniors today are very active. Um, they want to be very informed. They're looking. They're they're. We recently did a survey through a program called Age Friendly Cities. This is a program through AARP and the World Health Organization. Um, There are a core group of us who've been um, working on a mayor's task force for a number of years, which has now changed into an age-friendly committee supported by our city. Um, They had to agree in order, you know, we want to be part of this age-friendly cities program. So we took a year and we surveyed our community. We have over almost 700 surveys um, that we've done, and we asked people, you know, what's important to you in a community? And these questions all came from AARP and World Health Organization. It's a predetermined survey, and it it asked questions about all the domains of living. You know, they want to know, do you feel safe in your community? Do you have activities ac- accessible to you in your community? Is transportation available? Is information available? What's your healthcare system like? You know, all these questions about every facet of life that you can imagine, not not just for seniors, but age-friendly, so that, you know, the the senior walking down the street with a walker and the mother with the baby stroller, that's going to benefit both of them if the, if the sidewalks are walkable. Um, so through this survey, asking all of these questions, is this important to you? Yes, 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 yes. The next question after each of those would be, well, does your community have that? Overwhelmingly, like close to 90%, of the time, that answer was, I don't know. Wow. Yes. That and I think was, if you ask the doctors, they would know even less. Yeah, I think so. But but seniors want to know. And what, what we saw through that survey is they want to be active. They want to be engaged. They want to take care of themselves. They don't want to be cared for until they have to be. If we can provide people access to enough information it can empower them to care for themselves better to care for their loved ones and neighbors better um, and that will create quite an impact on the community at large what do you you know a 65 year old guy who's healthy mm-hmm. does he act like a 29 year old guy where he's like indestructible and he's like i don't need this stuff i'm feeling fine leave me alone I think so. <laughs> well, my 52-year-old husband does. <laughs> no, but I think we all have a little bit of that, don't we? You know, when, you, when you're feeling good, um, it really is uncomfortable to take a look at what is in your near future. Honestly, when we start to see around us, oh my goodness, my peers are, are all getting sick. My, some of my peers are dying. You know, what that really forces you to face something that's quite uncomfortable and I think as long as people are able to avoid that that they will however if we are effective at pulling all of these resources that we're talking about if we're effective at pulling that all together and creating a scenario where information is easily accessible and we're creating social environments for people not just seniors, but people to engage with one another, to engage with the professionals in the community, with the not-for-profits in the community, uh, philanthropic entities. If we create a scenario where seniors can be readily and um, often plugged into those things, we change our community. Because that 65-year-old who's invincible at the moment, then he's going to become a volunteer, right? If he's not working, then he's going to become part of the change that we want to see in our community. And we have specific organizations here that provide that opportunity for retired people, right? We do. We do. Um, RSVP comes to mind. 
Um, that is a, I believe, a federally funded program, and they match seniors with volunteer opportunities in the community. Fantastic program because people don't want to sit idly by. They want to be a part. Um, right here at the chamber, there is a program called SCORE. It's run by retired business people who give their wisdom and counsel to business owners who are looking, who have questions and who need answers. And so they meet here once a we month. May right not, we, may, we may need to tap into that. There's a lot, there's a yes. lot of, you know, it's interesting, you know, in the old days when you retired, you were kind of shipped off and, you know, people retired at 65 and most died when they were 66, you know, back when, when social security started. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you, you know, right now, People, uh, when they're 65, they're looking forward to that next chapter of their life, and they want to be healthy and active, and they've got things on their bucket list. And, yep. you know, old is no longer old. And actually, I, and I forget the details, but the WHO, World Health Organization, redefined elderly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think you're middle age when you're 65 to 75 now. I think that's And you're only elderly mm-hmm. when you're over 90. Right. And I love that. I love that, too, because... There, you know, there. I heard um, a term the other day. I can't remember what organization it was, but they it was called innovating, and I thought that's great. You know, reinventing aging, and it was I. It was probably a website or something I stumbled upon when I was on on the internet. But um, people. People don't want to be viewed as this decrepit person over here who's no longer useful to society who needs to be cared for. They don't want that. Seniors want to be a living, breathing part of their community. They have so much to share. They have so much knowledge. They have so much to give. And the more we can do to create intergenerational experiences for our kids and our seniors and everyone in between, the better off we'll be as a community. Tell tell me a little bit about, you know, when I think of the community, and I look at it from my perspective as a physician, and I started out as a general internist and geriatrician, and I've worked at hospitals as a medical director. You know, I see all this stuff now going on in the community that I never knew about, or I was just scratching the surface. And even when I look back to when I was a primary care physician, you know, I'd send somebody off for, you know, a social work consult, and then I they'd disappear and come back, and something magical would happen. And as I look at the community, you know, there's the hospital stuff going on, there's the physician stuff going on in the community, and then there's all this other stuff which which we're involved with, which you're mm-hmm. involved with, and it almost seems like there's not enough communication between the different, you know, universes, and the more we can facilitate that, maybe even things can be better. Could you talk a little bit about the engagement of the medical community, the hospitals mm-hmm. and doctors? Absolutely. I'm, gr- I'm really glad that you brought that up because we, we talked a bit about the Age-Friendly Cities initiative that we're in the midst of. And we're in the strategic planning process right now that, you know, we've done the survey. We know what our community is saying. And now it's time to put a plan of action in place so that we can address the issues that we're having. By far the biggest issue is, is how do people find out about the resources that are available And so there is a strategic planning process in place right now to create an actual senior center of some kind. Um, I can't give you too many details because those are still being hammered out at the moment, but... Is it that big place they're building on Lake Hollingsworth? No. (laughs) No, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) No, we, we, we are in the very beginning stages. We're in the organizational structure stages of that, but... All of the people that you and I see every day in the elder care community, the professionals, um, people at the city, um, seniors themselves, volunteers, are saying, yes, we support this. This is what we want. That will happen in the next year or two. There will be a place. So what we envision with this place is a large space where you have um, space for social engagement, where you have space for classes, where you have um, some office spaces where some local organizations, nonprofits probably, maybe even some uh, for-profit companies, let's say you have um, an Elder Point Ministries or um, Faith in Action or um, could be any, any of a number of nonprofits who rent space someplace right now. 
what if we could house all of those people together in one place and let them rent a small office space here where where when seniors come, they have access to everything, almost like a chamber of commerce environment. That's great. Or like a medical mall. Or like a... Yes. A, a, not a medical mall, but like a, a healthcare mall or a support mm -hmm. mall or a... Well, and a lot more than healthcare, you'd have the medical professionals there. You'd have um, people from the Senior Connection Center who they do an amazing job. You know, that's the 1-800-96-ELDER phone number. If somebody calls there, they're going to get connected to a trained referral specialist who's going to help connect them to the services they need. Now, that's more uh, for um, somebody who has an emergent situation. Um, and that's free of charge, right? It's free of charge, absolutely. And that, that also is funded in a number of ways some federal funds, some local funds, and state funds, um, also some private donations. So they do an awful lot. And, and I think, you know, whatever part of the healthcare system you're in, whether it's out in the community or in the hospital, it's so complicated to navigate it. Even if you're young and, and looking for answers and wanted, it's just so hard. And so having, um, you know, a guide or someone to, you know, shepherd you through mm -hmm. can improve the quality and the outcome so much. And it's so inexpensive compared to, you know, an artificial heart. Right. That, you know, it's all about communication and, 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 and providing the support, mm -hmm. right? And we're getting there. We, we have a long way to go, in my opinion, as it relates to connecting to the medical community. We're connecting extremely well with, with professionals that are not providing medical care. Um, so I'm talking... Um, home health agencies and nursing homes, assisted living, all kinds of other resources that are that are serving seniors in the community. Um, we are not doing a good job yet connecting effectively to the whole medical community. We're getting to pieces. Um, there are, you know, people like yourself. Um, Daniel Haight over at the hospital is just phenomenal. Um, and would love to talk about his congregational care program if there's time, that what he's doing is amazing. Um, but we, I know that that has been the most difficult piece for me because there is a lot of changeover in the support staff to the medical community, and the doctors are super, super busy. It's extremely difficult for them to have time to sit down and really understand what this guide has to offer and what the other resources in the area have to offer are. And, you know, and as a physician, I think, you know, you know physicians are busy, mm -hmm. but they make time for things that are important. Agreed. And so we may need to build the value and the importance of this because what I'm seeing, I don't think they see. And once they see it, I think they're going to jump in and go, oh, my God, there's so much, uh, so much support here that I can uh, bring in to help my patients. Mm -hmm. Because doctors, I think, care about one thing more than anything else. And that's, you know, how their patients are doing and mm -hmm. what outcomes are. And uh, I think they're, I hope they're willing to accept whatever help they can get because, you know, as you care for someone who's getting a little older, maybe not as uh, strong physically or mentally, mm -hmm. it, it takes a community. It takes it a does. family. It takes everybody working together so they can have that, uh, the best care possible and, and access to the best resources so they can live the best possible life mm -hmm. uh, they can um, as they get older and uh, one thing that's exciting that you've talked about today is this, you know, um, you know, uh, it, uh, these communities that are um, kind of customizing themselves to um, provide the support and, and, and avenues like the food, the exercise, mm -hmm. the connections so people can stay active and can be involved when they want to be and if they want to be. And then we can kind of even, you know, prod some of the others you know, to get off the couch and get active because we know how good it is to get out and be active and be connected to the community, to your family, to, you know, whether it's faith or whether it's businesses or whether it's helping somebody else. I think really helping somebody else really is probably the, the, the best thing somebody can do. Um, and I think they want to. And that's, you know, that the driving force be behind the Age Friendlies initiative that we embarked on. Um, and I need to mention Lakeland Vision, who has supported all the way through in that process. It, it started off as a project to address one of their initiatives, um, a fantastic organization and truly visionary. And it's so exciting to see some of those things go from vision to to actual initiatives that are happening. Um, but that's that's why people people want to be active. They want to be engaged. They want to be a productive 
part of the community. And if we can connect people to resources, if we can then connect them to um, social opportunities, I mean, my goodness, what the city of Lakeland offers um, through Parks and Rec is incredible. We don't communicate that well to our seniors. There has to be a way to connect those people so they can go there. And from, for those of you listening from other areas of the, comp of the country, uh, just this weekend and next weekend, I think we're having Elvis Presley into town. We're having the Beatles. <laughs> we're having Buddy Holly. I mean, we're close Senior to Orlando. Games. And these people come yeah. and they're like, you know, there's their tribute bands. And so you can stay pretty active and have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And it costs a lot less when you're seeing a tribute band than if you go actual, mm -hmm. actually to see, you know, Elvis, who it's pretty tough to get tickets. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Senior Games? Yeah, but tell me so, more about it. Oh, I heard about man, it, but I don't know so much. that's so exciting. Every year... At this time of year, I believe it begins um, this weekend. So they have, I don't even know how many different categories, but everything from um, cornhole and cribbage to tennis and running and every sport you can imagine. My sweet father-in-law, um, before his knees were bad, he used to do the discus and the shot put and the long jump. And a lot of people may not know this, but we also have shuffleboard down here. Yes, and that's actually one of the events in the senior games. But every year I deliver about 800 copies of Elder Care Guide to them that they put in their goodie bags. This is how many people wow. are participating in the Polk yeah. County Senior Games. Polk County does a very good job of offering lots of opportunity for seniors to get involved and do some really fun stuff. And we also have pickleball. Yes, pickleball. Do we have beach tennis? I don't know about beach tennis. Well, I'm, I'm bringing that. I'm bringing that to town. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pickleball's a big one. Boy, those teams are very competitive. <laughs> uh, you were talking earlier a little bit about health care. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot going on back and forth uh, across the aisle in mm -hmm. D.C. and in Tallahassee. And what do you, what would you tell uh, a senior a citizen here in uh, Polk County uh, who may be unsure of what's going on. Are they up to date on the latest draft of a certain bill? Uh, and how can we put some of those, those fears to rest uh, with the resources that you have aggregated? Sure. I think we all have very grave concerns about what's happening in our healthcare system. That's not something that that is going to change anytime soon, I don't believe. It's been a concern no matter who has been in charge because it's it's something that that is not ever going to be a quick fix. However, I think we are headed in the wrong direction as it relates to our seniors and and there is a lot of fear. Um when somebody approaches and, and expresses fear, the first thing I'm going to tell them to do is to call the SHINE program. Um, that is through the Senior Connection Center, and somebody who is trained will help walk them through their current situation as it relates to insurance and help them to choose the best policy available for them. The other thing I would tell them is to be active and be educated. Every time you can go vote, go vote. Whatever your belief system is, whether it's the same as mine or not, makes no difference at all. I want people to be active and to let their voices be heard, go vote. The third thing I would say to them is you live in an amazing community that cares. And I believe that that is the country. I believe that, that when you get to the local level, people care. And there are a lot of mechanisms and organizations in place to help bridge that gap while we figure all this other big stuff out. And so I would tell them to do the best they can with what they have and communicate with people who can help them to fill the gap with the rest. And, and that's a great answer. And I, and I want to just um, kind of add to that that I think – I think you, know, you said um, the wrong direction for seniors. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing things sort of as we move to value-based care, I'm seeing things in our community which are really exciting for me. And there are uh, medical offices here that actually get paid to keep people healthy. Yes. Which, um, and most of the system isn't going that way. It is going in the wrong direction. But this part of it is really moving in the right direction, which gives me hope. 
-hmm. because what Medicare is starting to do and other insurance companies is to pay doctors or doctor clinics a certain amount of money per month to take care of patients. And if the patient has to go into the hospital, that comes out of the doctor's money they get every month. And so doctors and and, and, and practices are incentivized to keep people healthy because they, they know if they keep people healthy and out of the hospital, they're going to um, you know, have, have, have a profit so they can right. you know, stay in business and, and all that. So rather than paying doctors to do more stuff, they're actually paying doctors to do different stuff and hopefully less stuff when it comes to hospitalizations and invasive care and having heart failure patients go in and out of the hospital all the time. If a heart failure patient gets involved in a practice that's good, that is paid to keep them healthy, mm-hmm. um, they don't go in the hospital anymore because everybody is tuned in and they're ready to help and keep them out of the hospital. So what do you think of that movement? I love that movement. As a matter of fact, we added some um, a couple pages in our guide this year about those types of practices because there are so many choices when it comes to choosing your medical providers. You know, you can go the general clinic route or you can go with one of these new types. And I don't know how new they are. They're new to us um, practices where you can go for a visit and have your hair done and go have a social card game with somebody. Um, you can participate in a cooking class. I didn't even know about that stuff. I was thinking about other stuff, but they do that too. Oh my goodness. It's, it is most of these practices see each patient on average once a month. So transportation is provided if it's necessary. So they will go pick up the patient, bring them in. When they come in, they're going to have healthy snacks. They're going to have people hanging around who are also waiting for whatever it is they're there for. They're going to see their doctor, or they might see a nutrition counselor, or they might have their hair done, whatever it is. They're seeing these people. They're creating that social engagement, which is going to contribute to a healthy lifestyle because they're not sitting by themselves. They're making sure that they've got food in their homes. I know that um, when most of these types of practices, when one of their patients goes into the hospital, when they return home from the hospital, they're going to also get a visit from that practice to make sure that their home is safe, that there are no fall um, risks there, and to make sure the medications are being taken properly because they don't want readmittance into the hospital because that's expensive. And and you talk about um, the mental engagement and, you know, last night I'm watching the Olympics, right? Lindsey Vaughn is, is skiing, and I think she, she had the best time in the downhill, and then I had to go to bed. But um, she said something really interesting. She's like 32 years old, and she's going to retire. And she said, um, my body's breaking down, mm. I think because she's fallen a bunch of times or whatever, but my mind, you know, still wants to do it. And then one of the commentators was like, you know, she's still at the top of her game. I, I think she's going to be here in four years. But, you know, she talked about what, what a mental how the mental stuff could overcome the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. And even somebody like her, who's a world-class athlete, the best uh, in her field, you know, her body's breaking down, but her mind is keeping her going. And I think as we get older, um, the people that have, you know, the, um, the wherewithal to get out and have their mind engaged are the ones who are going to do better physically as well. Absolutely. And it's so important that we provide opportunities for them to stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're doing, which is, as you said, so important in our community. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the direction our community is headed. Um, for 20-something years now, 25 years, I guess, we've been involved in the Polk County community um, in the senior realm. And I've seen things grow from Better Living for Seniors is a great example. The first meeting I went to was about six or eight people, and we would take turns each month bringing breakfast for each other. You were there (laughs) in the beginning. All right. I don't think I was, I think I was maybe a year or so after they started, but it was a handful of people and we would meet around a round table and just talk about what was going on. Well, now on average, there are 65 people in that room every month talking about what we can do to make life better for seniors and educating one another just meeting one another and knowing that this other person over here or this organization exists, it provides strength in that community and, and allows us to provide better for our seniors. And, you know, where I don't provide directly services to seniors, but I have the pleasure of being able to kind of 
um, float over all of this and see all of it in action from, from a different angle. You should have seen the excitement in the room when Liz brought the 2018 version. <laughs> there was like, it was amazing. It's great, isn't it? I love it. It's, it's well, what I, the Better Living for Seniors organization has always been um, a big piece of what we do. We engage there. We, we sponsor there. We, we participate at the highest level, served on the board for several years. And, you know, we want to make sure that that organization is supported because of the work that they do. It's good. It's, it's, it's where you go as a professional to connect with other professionals. And that's so necessary and important. Um, but they have always been so supportive of us. And they used to actually produce their own directory, a printed directory. It became very difficult for them to produce and distribute that, and so we now put that in our elder care guide as opposed to having separate directories because we felt like the synergy between them and us was a good thing. And um, I'm a person who has been talking about public-private partnerships for years because it's the way we should be doing things you know as a private business i should be supporting what's happening publicly and vice versa and you may not know this yet because it's top secret but i'm going to reveal this for the first time here on the air live peak annual wellness center is a bronze sponsor Woohoo! <laughs> that's fantastic it's fantastic but it's it's for me it's one of the best investments we make all year long and we're going for the gold Yes, do it. Join me. Join me. <laughs> um, we could, uh, I feel like we could talk about this for, you know, a couple more hours. Yeah. Um, but as we kind of draw to a close, I'd like to hear um, what what was a, if you have an anecdotal, uh, like a rewarding experience when somebody uh, that you know personally or came up to you or found you uh, personally benefited from the resources mm -hmm. in your guide that you publish. That is so hard because it happens a lot. It's, you know, I I am very fortunate to do something for a living that allows me to give to other people, mm -hmm. you know, because that, that makes for a nice restful sleep at night when you know that you can benefit people and still make a living at the same time. Um, that's, that's a win all the way around. But um, one lady recently, she probably called us about six months ago. And, you know, we typically refer people to the Senior Connection Center or wherever, but we always provide our our contact information in case somebody, sometimes people are just so overwhelmed, they, they really don't know where to begin. And this lady called, and she lived up north, and she was crying. And she said, you know, she was in town and had just gotten there an hour prior and walked into her mother-in-law's home and was devastated at what she saw. It was dirty, um, there was no food, um, mother-in-law was, was not clean or groomed, and she had no idea. She and her husband, you know, they live up north, and it had been six months since they had seen her, and they had no idea that her dementia had progressed to the point that she couldn't care for herself, and it was devastating for her. So we talked on the phone for a long time and tried to, you know, line up some things for her, some people that she could talk to, some organizations that could help her, um, connected her with All About Aging. They do um, care management, and they are just fantastic. Um, but, you know, she called me back later um, to let me know that she was okay and to thank me because, you know, we, of course, provided her with an elder care guide and I kind of earmarked some things for her um, that I thought were important services for them to tie into. And it took the stress out of the whole scenario for her. There was obviously going to still be emotional stress, but the stress of having to figure out where to go next was gone. And, you know, I that was a prize-winning day for me when you can take somebody who is feeling that way I've felt that kind of stress before and it's not a fun place to be you feel helpless when you can empower somebody to make the best of a bad situation that's a win well that sounds absolutely wonderful and Thank it's you. Uh, so so great you're, you're absolutely right it's wonderful to be able to you know your job is to help people and that helps you to uh, 
to, to find such gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, in, in all that you do. So thank you again for being here on the show with us, Liz. And uh, until next time, uh, you can visit us at peakawc.com. That's peakawc.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast in Apple Podcasts. And Jeff, uh, give it, give the listeners a little preview of what's going to be happening uh, next Friday Coming up, we've got our launch party, our grand opening that's happening. We're really excited about it. What uh, what can you give them a preview of? Well, first let me talk a little bit about the after party. <laughs> <laughs> We're in negotiations right now with um, the uh, Cleveland Heights Golf Club uh, bar and grill to have our little after party there so people can gather and have some fun awesome. after the real party. But at 5 o'clock, we're going to have our uh, ribbon cutting. The mayor's going to be there. And then we're going to have from 5 to 9, um, come on in, see Salon Salvatore. And mm-hmm. we're going to have you know demonstrations that spontaneously erupt, you know, where they do hair and nails <laughs> and people can ask questions. We're going to have people from Allergan there who do Botox and fillers. And so people can ask any questions they want about that kind of stuff. We're going to have Better Living for Seniors there as our featured um, guests, because we're so excited about what they do in the community, we really want to highlight the businesses of Better Living for Seniors. And as we're there networking and getting to know each other better, you know, we can all, you know, sort of synergize. And we're going to have the business leaders in town to get to know everybody. And it's going to be just a really fun evening. Um, at about seven or eight o'clock, we're going to have a drawing for our grand prizes, and our grand prize is going to be a three hundred and fifty dollars spa package. Ooh. And That's we're a good gonna, price. yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna have um, you know uh, Botox uh, drawings uh, for free Botox, a three hundred dollar value, and um, oh, what else are we gonna have? We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot going on. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And if you can come for just a few minutes, come and have a little food and drink and say hello. And if you can stay longer, great. And if you can't make the main party, we'll be at. Um, We'll let you know, uh, but probably or maybe Cleveland Heights Golf Club, which is a beautiful facility mm-hmm. uh, right around the corner. And we're just looking forward to having a lot of fun. The, the CEO of Peak Annual Wellness Center will be flying in from San Diego. Nice. And uh, so it's going to be an exciting evening. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. And uh, we're super glad, again, to have Liz Craven here on Thank the you podcast. So much. And we'll have to have you back to talk more about uh, anytime i could talk all day long yes we'd love that and uh, if you'd like you could even guest blog for us if you're up for it i'm up for anything awesome awesome great well thank you for listening again to the peak annual wellness center podcast my name is chris we'll see you next time thank you for listening to today's episode for more information or to schedule your annual wellness visit please visit us online at peakawc.com that's p-e-a-k-a-w-c dot com.